because it is so predictable. It's predictable. Hi everyone, this is uh, Jake Turner for our Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world where you have sports takes you won't find anywhere else. You can subscribe anytime on iTunes or tweet me anytime, day or night, at Jake Turner Sport. Now let's get back to the turning point of the sports world. Well tonight, the Stanley Cup could be coming to an end. Could we really be saying this right now? The Washington Capitals could be bringing home Lord Stanley back to Washington, D.C. Or do the Golden Knights have another gamble on them? But why are you listening to me? This is why I brought on my very good friend. She was actually my first guest when we launched Turning Points just a few short months ago. She's Michelle Bruton, fan-sided NHL senior writer. And first off, Michelle, how do the Capitals pull off the victory tonight? You know, it's they've got everything going for them right now. I mean, they have a chance to claim their first cup in franchise history, and I don't think they're going to let that slip through their fingers. And so what they have to do is basically just keep doing what they've been doing. They've been able to take Marc-Andre Fleury out of it, which is huge. I mean, he's he's been part of the reason the Golden Knights have gotten so far in their first season. Um, but, you know, his, his save percentage... Um, was 9.47% through the first three rounds of the playoffs. And in these last four games, it's dropped to 8.45. So uh, he's facing a lot of shots that basically what's happening is the Capitals are playing a lot of east-west offense in front of him. Um, They're making it so that the defenders can't help Flurry help himself. And so if they can keep doing that, they're going to win this game. Let's talk about the, uh, that, the main factor, which has been the offense of the Capitals. Now, the defense has actually really improved here. But tell me right now, who is the main star for the Capitals right now going into Game 5? So, you know, a lot of people are going to want to say it's Ovechkin. Um, he's certainly, you know, kind right. of their driving force emotionally. But if you've been watching, you know that it's really been Kuznetsov. Um, mm-hmm. He has... Uh, he had four assists in the last game, which is huge. He's moving the puck all over the ice. That actually ties a record, um, a Stanley Cup final record in single game. Uh, and he also has uh, 31 points this postseason. Um, he has 12 goals and 19 assists. So he's just been all over the place. In fact, I know a lot of people who are saying that he would deserve the Smythe Trophy uh, over Ovechkin, over Braden Holtby, if the Capitals can win tonight. So uh, he's huge. If he has a good game, the Capitals are going to win this thing. How impressive has uh, Braden Holtby been in this Stanley Cup since that disastrous Game 1? He's been incredible. I mean, you know, looking back, we're all going to laugh that he was pulled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. And he's actually he's getting into Tim Thomas territory Oh. For, uh, yeah, for career save percentage in the playoffs. He's got a um, 929 save percentage in the playoffs, and Tim Thomas, I believe, is at 933. So we tried to do the math today at work. Some of my hockey writers were helping me out. Uh, I'm admittedly not the best at math. But uh, we were trying to see if Holtby could stop any number of shots to actually hit that Tim Thomas mark, and we don't think he can. Even if the series goes seven games, he'd have to stop, like, you know, hundreds of shots so it's probably not going to happen but he's number two all time in the postseason which is incredible um and again he's someone who his name could very easily be included in the Smythe conversation and i think that 
there might be rioting in the streets if it doesn't go to a Vetchkin. I think it's a symbolic thing if it goes to a Vetchkin, and I think Capitals fans certainly aren't going to be upset about that. But I think those of us who are a little less emotionally invested and kind of watch the game um, more objectively think that Holtby and Kuznetsov have, you know, just as much of a claim uh, as OV does. How big is would this be for Washington, D.C. overall? They haven't been able to celebrate anything since 1991 when the Washington Redskins last won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really hard life if you're a sports fan in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, <laughs> uh, no big four team, like you said, had reached its uh, conference round since 1998. Um, the Capitals have mm-hmm. never won the Stanley Cup in mm-hmm. their lifetime. Um, they've also just had some of the most unfortunate postseason losses. So in addition to like not actually winning anything, they've also had heartbreaking exits too. Um, but you know this it's huge. I mean, you you can't oversell how huge this would be, especially for this fan base in particular. I think that sure, you know, uh, the football team, the nationals, the wizards fine, but, the Capitals is, you know, we, we talk about in hockey a lot. It's a smaller fan base of the four major sports, but it very well may be the most passionate. And Capitals fans, I mean, you saw them. It was like Philadelphia. They were climbing light poles in the city. Mm-hmm. I think Washington, D.C., you know, even though they're not home tonight, and that's a little sad. It'd be nice to see them win it at home. But even though they're not home tonight, there's going to be, you know, rioting in the streets of Washington, D.C. if they win. It's going to be out of control. Um, and I, you know, I think we'd all be really happy for them. What Vegas has done has been incredible. Um, I hope to see them back in it, you know, many times in the coming years. But I sort of feel like this is the Capitals' time. They've put in the dues. You know, Ovechkin's not going to be around forever. Um, he's been waiting almost 20 years for this moment, which is crazy. It's crazy that this is sort of the end of the Ovechkin era, or the beginning of the end. But, uh, you know, I, I think us objective observers who don't really have a dog in this race just really want yeah. this for Washington. Yeah, well, with with the Capitals, I'm not too sure yet. They, I had to actually see them, like, legitimately have Lord Stanley over their heads, <laughs> pretty much, for me to actually believe them. Uh, we're yeah. talking to Michelle Bruton, a senior editor uh, for N- the NHL, joining us here on Turning Points. Let's jump to the turning point of the sports world here, and I'm about to do this to you. I read a piece from you and Jeremy Lampert, and you talked about from all caps to no caps. How do the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights win tonight? So, you know, the funny thing, the kind of uh, uh, immovable force, an unstoppable object and it's an immovable force thing tonight is that while the Capitals have been road warriors in this postseason, uh, in fact, if they win tonight, it'll be their 10th road victory, which can match an NHL record, the Golden Knights, are leading the league on home ice this postseason at mm-hmm. seven and two. So it's truly, you know, the Capitals are road warriors. The Golden Knights don't lose at home. What's going to give? Um, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think that if this were an elimination game, you know, at Capital One Arena, forget it. Um, but I think the Golden Knights, you know, we've seen that home crowd has been incredible. They've been turning people away from practices. The energy is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's been so Vegas. They've had medieval times, dinner shows before the games um so the atmosphere you know you you can't underestimate it but as for what they can actually do on the ice the big thing is defense you know they've they've got to be able to stop the capitals from like i said take advantage of those east-west passes that they've been making that have been totally just destroying flurry and 
You know, hockey is a very fluky sport, and a lot of the players have said that they don't believe in luck. They believe in making your own luck, which is a great thing for a player to say. But, you know, if you saw last game, I mean, James Neal's heartbreaker, they had like 10 shots that rang off the post, and yeah. a couple of those shots go in, it's a totally different story. So if we see, you know, in Vegas, a little bit of lady luck go their way tonight, um, you know, they're making all the shots they need to make. Uh, Gerard Gallant's really proud of how his team's playing. He, I don't think they're even going to make any line changes tonight. Um, really, they just need a couple more of those breaks to go their way. They need some puck luck. Oh, yeah. That is the second time I have actually heard that. Uh, my co-host on <laughs> Tuesday told me about puck luck, and I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? But I don't know. Now I'm starting to learn the hockey lingo a little yeah. bit here. A lot of people don't believe in puck luck, which is fine. But, right. you know, it's Unbelief. When put yourself right now in Gary Bettman's shoes right now, you're here in the national media that don't really know much about hockey. They don't really invest in it, and they're saying that the Las Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights being in the Stanley Cup is not good for hockey. Tell me if you believe that or if that is a bunch of BS. Not for a second. It's Thank you. Great for hockey. It is great for hockey. Um, especially coinciding with sports betting becoming legal. I mean, that's, mm. you know, that's, that's part of the benefit of being in Vegas is they can get people engaged that way. But on a pure fandom level, I mean, the, the ratings have been through the roof, both locally and nationally with the Golden Knights, which is great. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of people weren't happy with the expansion rules. They thought that they were too easy on the Golden Knights. They made them too competitive too quickly. But a lot of that just comes down to the teams. You know, the other general managers in the league didn't uh, protect the guys they needed to protect. They didn't make the right choices. Um, it's not their fault that they had to, you know, choose. I mean, Flurry could have been on a no-move clause, and he wasn't. Uh, and... In fact, Batman has said that when they eventually have NHL expansion to Seattle, which they, you know, I think they're probably going to approve later this year, they're not even going to change the expansion rules. It's going to be the same thing. And the kicker, which I love, is that if it happens in the next two years, which it will, uh, the Golden Knights aren't going to have to give anyone up. So wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> keep this thing going. For, and certainly, you know, the cap's going to become an issue. They can't keep, you know, Marchessault and... Carlson and Flurry, they can't keep the whole gang together, but they can keep enough. So I think that's really fun. And sure, people are mad because people like the Capitals fans have seen their team suffer for, you know, decades. But guess what? It's hockey. It's fluky. If your team, look at the Avalanche. If your team was last this year, they can be yeah. first next year. You know? And so it's great for the sport. It's been so fun to watch. I always look at the word parody, and I feel like the NHL really graduated to enjoying that word that is parody, and that has just been really something. Speaking about parody, the NFL offseason has been lost in its own shuffle here, but I know that you are a big Packers fan. you got to tell me right now, what in the world is going on with Aaron Rodgers and his contract dispute? So Aaron Rodgers' uh, agent is David Dunn, who yes. is known as you know one of the um, most cutthroat, most manipulative, Sharp. best, in the business and you can mm -hmm. say you know you can love him or hate him but he's good um objectively he's good and i think david dunn and rogers's publicists are playing this brilliantly they're using the media to their advantage mm -hmm. they're getting it out there look the packers i think actually have more leverage in this situation than aaron Rodgers does they can franchise tag him into oblivion if they want that being said 
you know, we just came out with the list of the 10 highest paid players in the NFL and Matt Stafford's on there, Matt Ryan's on there, and Aaron Rodgers is on there. And that's a problem because he's objectively, in my opinion, I guess that's an oxymoron, objectively, in my opinion, but in my educated opinion, he's the best quarterback in the league right now. And, oh, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of people will say, oh, well, Tom Brady took a team deal and blah, blah, blah. Um, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was earning this contract. Um, and... Listen, you know, they're not going to break the bank. I think people are a little gun-shy because Ted Thompson, love him or hate him, was really great yeah. at managing the cap. We don't know if Gutekunst is going to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, but, you know, we would all love to see Aaron Rodgers be a Packer for the rest of his life. I hope that happens. I hope we don't have another Brett Favre situation. But, like I was saying, you know, the Packers always had the franchise tag, and that's their ultimate, you know, trump card. So um, I think it's going to be fine. I don't think, you know, it's, I think we, and I'm part of this because I'm in the media too, but I think we yes. in sports media, it's the NFL offseason, but the NFL has no offseason, so we're just mm-hmm. cranking out these stories and every quote, every snippet, we're jumping on it. We're part of the problem, totally, but, you know, we're just, there's nothing else to talk about right now, and so I think it's getting overblown into a bigger deal than it is. I think they're going to come to a deal that's going to make everyone happy. You know, there are um, ways that they can defer the money so that it doesn't bankrupt the team now. Um you know, I think it's going to be fine. If there's one thing I know about Michelle, that woman does not know a hot take ever. So, <laughs> final question. I, Aaron Rodgers has got to be impressed with what the Packers have done this offseason. They bring in Jimmy Graham. They sign Mercedes Lewis, who was the best blocking tight end in the NFL last year. They bring in Byron Bell to help out, you know, with the loss of Jerry Evans here. I mean, if you're... Aaron Rodgers right now, you've got to be sitting here going, you know what, this Packers team could be really good this year, especially with Mike Pettin as defensive coordinator as well. Yeah, I, I obviously, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm living in Groundhog Day with, like, splashy tight end signings Whoa. because we've, well, we've been looking for an impact tight end in Green Bay since to Michael Finley. And, you know, you can't say they haven't tried. I mean, they've brought in everybody under the sun. Uh, and nobody's really panned out. And so mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that Jimmy Graham uh, is not the sum of his parts in Seattle. I think the Seahawks offense did not know how to use him to his strengths. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see more of a New Orleans Jimmy Graham than a Seattle Jimmy Graham, and that's a good thing. Um, so that, I think, was obviously the huge move. Um, it's great that they brought um, they brought in you know some other help, too. I hate that they lost Jordy Nelson. Um, my only worry is, you know, I know that there was only so much money to go around, but, mm-hmm. you know, guys like Malcolm Butler were available this offseason, <clears throat> and the Packers didn't jump on it. Um, and so I, I think uh, the cornerback group is really what's going to be make or break this year. Um, I don't know if Kevin King is truly ready to be a shutdown corner on the outside. I suspect mm-hmm. he's not. Um, and so as it's sort of been the last few years, the secondary, I think, is really going to decide – if this is a team that's going to get to the championship game, which the offense is going to be good enough to, and then fizzle out, or if it can go all the way and, and win the Super Bowl. She's Michelle Bruton. She is the senior NHL ed- editor for Fans Cited, always bringing excellent information here for any any fan of hockey, but also for the NFL fan, because there's one thing I know about Michelle is is that the first phone call, when we actually got off the phone, Michelle, you told me you were said, well, I could talk more than just uh, the Packers. And then once again, I, I need to start listening to you more often. <laughs> <laughs> 
but Michelle, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, but Michelle, you're the best as always. I know you got a very busy night ahead of you uh, with the Stanley Cup Game Five about to uh, face off here. But thank you so much for coming on Turning Points, and we'll definitely be talking uh, in the next couple weeks. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me. All as right. Always. That is the always entertaining Michelle Bruton, a fan cited. If you have not read any of her stuff, you you got to check this out. Her last piece with Jerry Lambert was a thing of beauty about the no caps. I really enjoyed that. Speaking about that, the turning point of the sports world is going to continue because I'm going to tell you why Terrell Owens just wrote his eulogy to the NFL. That's all coming up next, and this is Turning Points on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you can find us.